Welcome back to episode eight of the That's Business podcast. Today's guest, Jill Birdie, is one of my dear friends that I actually met at a Chamber of Commerce meeting and we just immediately hit it off. And Jill Jill helps organizations manage their best and most, most challenging asset, their people. She's a human resources consultant and strategic business partner with an established track record of creating rewarding and meaningful workplaces at each company she's worked with. She's passionate about delivering HR solutions that make your business thrive and give you peace of mind and more time back in your day. Jill truly believes that an organization's greatest asset is its people. When your team is engaged and buys into your company's vision, they channel their energy back into their work, resulting in higher profits, happier customers, and ultimately greater success that can lead your teams to achieve more. I'm so excited, Jill, to have you on. You have such a great story to tell. And tell us just a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today. Hi. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, Yeah, so I started Workery actually as a result of the pandemic. I'm one of those people who left my job. I guess you could consider me part of the great resignation um, and started (laughs) Workery. So uh, Mm -hmm. Workery is like a boutique HR consulting firm. I work with small businesses. um, But really, I decided to make that move because I just got to the point where, one, my mental health wasn't good in my current position. And two, I was seeing so many businesses, especially small businesses, that really needed some HR guidance as we navigated things. Um, But a lot of times it's just not available to them, uh, you know, in a in a way that like resonates with them. HR can be super stuffy at times, really just like, you know, administrative focus, but it needs to be more strategic. And so that's what I wanted to do. What made you, and I know you said, obviously your mental health was was a big thing because when Mm -hmm. you and I met, you were still working full-time and building this up on the side. So what was the point where you were like, oh my gosh, I need to just like, I need to do this full-time? Yeah. Um, I mean, truthfully, I got to the point where I was just having, personally, I was having a lot of anxiety and I was also realizing Mm -hmm. that, you know, my work-life balance was just non-existent. You know, I, I was working from home, obviously, like most other people. And I was finding that I was just like available 24 seven to this job. And it was a great job. It was a great experience, but I like found myself kind of like slipping into these habits of like answering emails at 11 PM. I'd wake up in the middle of the night and my first instinct was to check my email. And I'm like, this is not how I want to live my life. And so part of that was, you know, the pandemic had just, you know, made my role at the time. So much of a like emergency situation, constantly putting out fires and trying to deal with all these like new things that were coming up in the industry I was in, which was partly healthcare. So there was a lot of stuff going on. Um, but it was just like, just not a good mental space for me to be in. And I had truthfully always wanted to start my own business. Like that is something that I've wanted to do since I was in my early twenties, but never really thought that I could do it to be honest. Mm-hmm. I love that. Now, what kind of, cause I work with a lot of people who have these awesome ideas, but think it's big and scary to start your own business. And it is in an aspect oh, and sure. for a fact, but yeah. what kind of, what steps did you take to start your own business or what did you do and kind of attribute to your successes now? Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny because in the moment, I think it's always one of those things you're like, you don't feel like you're doing enough or you don't feel like you're equipped to do it. It's like the imposter syndrome that just constantly lives with you. So it was almost like I took my anxiety of like being in this job that I had just 
come not to like. And then I, once I decided to make the leap, of course, I'm super excited to start workery, but it was like, I transferred that anxiety to imposter syndrome at first, where I was like, I don't think I can do this. But then honestly, it was like, just, you kind of just have to like one foot in front of the other and like make, just force yourself to do it. So one of the things I started was creating content. That was what I started like probably seven or eight months before I started or before I even like put my notice into leave as I was like writing blog right. posts and like trying to establish myself as an expert. Because obviously I knew that I had a lot of, you know, knowledge and a lot of things to contribute, but I didn't know that other people would see that instantly. So I tried to like think about, okay, if I'm a business owner and I don't know anything about HR, but I'm having people problems, like what are things that I would be asking about? And so I just started writing blog posts on that. And then um, that way I kind of had content for my site and for social media. And then the other piece of it too was networking. I mean, I know you're huge into networking and you always talk about it. And honestly, you pushed me to do it more. So I have to give you credit. But joining the chamber. Yeah. I mean, truly, like you really do push me to do it more when I don't want to. Um, But joining (laughs) the chamber and like joining other networking groups was big because then I started to... I would tell someone what I was doing and I would get like this amazing feedback. And so that's when I was like, okay, I'm on the right path. I know I'm going to like go in a direction where people actually need this. Right. And it's something too. And I think you and I have talked about this is not every networking group is for you. Like you have to find your right fit. I mean, yes, we're in two together. We're in a level that's an all female entrepreneur in a local, our local chamber of commerce, but there's 5 million of those. And not every single one is good for you. I mean, I think I've been a guest at 10 plus networking groups and I'm just like, this is just not for me. It's not, not my vibe, not what I'm feeling, yeah. but then, you know, went to one and I was like, wow, this, this other one is really great. I, cause I joined a fourth one. Cause why not? But why not? And I think with what, she, right. Why not? But with what you do is so unique and HR is such a scary thing that, I mean, I personally have worked with Jill and Jill is phenomenal and does what she does amazing. You're welcome. And I have a recruiting background. I mean, I used to onboard people all the time, but it's just like things I don't want to be bothered with. And we have now four of us and it's, it just doesn't make sense for me to have like an HR person on staff yet. And Jill has been, you have been so phenomenal with like, here's all your paperwork. Here's all you do. Here's your compliance stuff. And I was like, wow, I should have, I should have asked you earlier when I hired my first two people. So no, I mean, it's, it's definitely something where a lot of um, a lot of businesses only see it, especially small business, see it as more of like an admin type thing, but they don't always see like there's a strategy side that could be totally useful to you in so many ways before you get to having 15, 20, 50, 100 employees, you know, so it's all about being proactive. Right. Well, and even the compliance side, I mean, I know state of Michigan laws, but I just hired someone outside of the state and I did not even think about like, oh, you have to have the state of Illinois information. I was like, oh, good thing I asked you because that would have been bad news. But all things you you are so awesome with. Now, who are your ideal clients? Do you have ideal clients, small, large businesses? Who do you work with? Yeah. So ideal clients would be, um, usually somewhere between like the five to like 25 employee range. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. obviously work with clients that are smaller. One of the things I do is help people hire their first employees, get them set up with the payroll provider, unemployment insurance, workers comp, kind of like handle all of that legal stuff. But then we also talk about strategy stuff too, and setting expectations. 
Um, but a lot of times those businesses are going to grow. You know, most are not going to just stay with one employee forever. They're going to, you know, over time, I mean, look at your business. You were hiring your first employee a couple months after we met, and now you have a team. I think there's four of you. So it's like you are growing. Yes. And at some point, you know, it's always a numbers game. At some point, you're going to like have that situation <laughs> come up where you have an employee issue and you're like, what do I do? Hopefully it doesn't oh, happen soon, but... Um, so an ideal client would be, you know, anywhere from like five to 25 employees. That would be like clients that I would work with on an ongoing basis. I do take clients up to like the 75, hundred person range, but really once you get beyond that, you absolutely are going to need to have someone dedicated full time to, you know, being your HR person and worker, can help with that. Um, but you know, ideally we're looking at a little on the smaller side, because when, when you're in that five to 25 range, like you don't need a, a full-time HR person, it, you know, why spend the money on that? No. Why pay benefits? Mm-hmm. Why pay PTO? All of that stuff when you might only need a couple of hours per week or per month. So that's where we would come in. Now, what do you think is the biggest mistake you see your clients making or people that maybe haven't decided to work with you? Where do a lot of these small, medium sized business owners go wrong? Yeah. I think there's two areas and they kind of combine. One that is just so common is like not understanding the difference between a contractor and an employee. And that is something Mm -hmm. I just talk about, honestly, with every single client I've had, it's, it's a conversation that comes up where, you know, you can't just make someone a contractor because they want to, or you want to, um, they have to fit certain like uh, parameters with, that are set actually by the IRS. So there are some things that have to be looked at there. Um, that's a pretty common one. The other one is really just not protecting their business. I mean, it's not hard to put certain things in place that might not seem like a big deal. New hire paperwork is one of them. Having like some policies, they don't have to be a big, you know, super strict corporate handbook, but to have some parameters in place gives not only your team guidance and kind of lets them know where they can go when they have questions, but also it's going to protect your company. Because if you, you know, for example, if you're a company that offers, um, let's say something like unlimited PTO, this is something that came up with a client of mine and they don't have anything written in place about like, you know, number of consecutive days or something like that. Then you start to get into an issue where if someone wants to go out for eight months, your policy allows that like per the written policy, there's no parameters to that. And then, you know, or if you have someone that goes out and wants to go on a maternity leave and you don't have a maternity leave policy or, you know, you start to get into nuances of like when you have paperwork that's half written, but it's not really enough to protect you. And so that's, you know, that's not necessarily a strategy piece, but that's more of just a, like a very common issue that I see come up with almost every client, we re- we rewrite their policies and their their you know onboarding paperwork to help that. So, nope, I fall in that category, and we actually just uh, wrote our unlimited PTO because I do offer that, and yeah, that you did inspire that. I'm like, okay, I need to sit down and like really put parameters around it because you're going to run into it. I have yeah. amazing employees right now, but you know, you're going to have the one that's going to, that's exactly right. Oh, I'm going to take a year off and you're going to pay me every single day. So yeah. And like, it doesn't happen a lot. doesn't happen a lot, but in the off chance that it right. does, you just don't want to like, and, and then it also, you know, helps give the team a little bit of an understanding of how the policy works too. And like, in what situations they would use that versus would they take, you know, a type of leave or something like that. So just helps clarify for everyone. 
It does. I love that. Yeah. Now you have to tell us because I, when we have gotten drinks and dinner and lunch and hung out and you have the craziest stories. So you got to give us like, I know you're not, you can't name names and everything, but what is the, like the most absurd, like HR horror story that you've had? Um, honestly, or a top three, I was going to say, I've got it quite a few. Like I truly, I, my, my parents always tell me like I should write a book and I'm like, I probably should. 1000%. Um, you, you just yes. cannot make some of this stuff up. Um, Let's see. One of them, actually, one of the craziest things that is also a safety thing. So it's HR and safety. I mean, because you've got OSHA and that's a whole other like issue. But this was before um, this was like a year or two after graduating college. And I was kind of in my first role where I was I was working in HR. I was covering for someone who was like the official HR partner and they were on it like an extended leave for like six months. And so I was covering and there was just a lot of stuff going on, but, um, I worked at a retailer that shall not be named, okay. but you can probably figure it out. If you looked at my LinkedIn, <laughs> go look at her so LinkedIn guys. I go worked look at in it. a big box retailer and we had an employee who, uh, was using a forklift in the back room and she cut, like she moved one of the plates and it dropped and it totally just took off her ring finger. And it was just like laying on the ground and it was just pure chaos. It was employees freaking out people like almost passing out because of, they don't like blood. Um, That is like a true night, like HR's nightmare is getting that phone call of like, we just had an employee lose a finger, you know? So (laughs) right, that was Mm -hmm. insane and wild because it also opens up then all these other things of like, OSHA investigations and getting that employee on workers comp. And like, there's so many things that go into that beyond just like get the person to the hospital now. So that was a fun one. Um, trying to think of like some more recent stuff. I feel like I just had, I mean, COVID was just a wild, wild experience. Oh yeah. For HR. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another good one would be, you know, having, I mean, just having employees, I, I worked at a company and we had a lot of entry-level employees and entry-level employees um, sometimes can bring a little bit more drama just depending on the industry they're in and the policies and like the work sure. environment. And so when you have a lot of like high school kids working together or college kids working together, um, it can definitely be a little, uh, it's a lot of hooking up between people and things like that. Um, you know, stuff like that. So you have to like navigate, yep. you just are like navigating so many different just like personalities at a time. So that was always a really fun one. Um, but the thing with that is it turns into like sexual harassment cases. So that was a just a crazy situation where we had an, um, you know, we've had multiple situations of like managers and employees and that kind of stuff. And so that's why it's like extremely important to have policies in place because you can't control other people's behavior and you can't control their like motives right. and things like that. So it's not, you know... It's just, it's a wild time in HR, especially pandemic HR. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Oh my gosh. No, you should write a book. I think I write a book, do a podcast. You need to do something. because I've, I've never had a loss for words, but you've, you've had me stumped a few times. 
yeah. what stories you've told me. But yeah, and of course, I'm blanking too. on like all my good ones. I'll think of something after we get off the call today and be like, oh, I should have talked about that. But oh, the last one you told me about a client that they offered him whatever 50k signing bonus and then whatever yeah. horrible thing he said. That yeah. Oh, one. that's a big one. Yeah, like, that, but that was protecting... a really big one. Yeah, that's a big one actually. Not protecting your just your assets in terms of like if you're offering signing bonuses, make sure that there's a stipulation in your offer letter that if you know someone does something inappropriate or they're let go within a certain amount of time, they have to pay it back. Especially when you're offering a half like $50 million or not $50 million, $50,000. Um, you know, I was like, damn. This, yeah, that would be insane. And I would love that signing bonus, but a $50,000 policy right. or a signing bonus is just wild because that person got on an all company call and said some extremely inappropriate stuff. And then, you know, at that point, you're kind of out $50,000 if you let them go because you didn't protect yourself. So you just cannot truly well, like the takeaways. You cannot like predict someone's behavior so no Mm -mm. I was I just met with another chamber friend and she had a new hire and for whatever everyone else loved her and she had in her in her gut like I don't know something's just weird about this one still hired her and yeah that was the thing of like she took (laughs) off like three weeks the first time she worked like got sick whatever and that was the whole thing and they had they luckily had stuff in place but you just never know people are wild and crazy and I like the part of the story. I mean, I don't like because it was unfortunate, but because they went around your back to do it, wasn't yeah. it? Or like yeah, they, didn't they didn't hire you to do it. it. And then you're like, what the hell? And that's, that's why people need you. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was something that I, they didn't talk to me about. And it would have been my like instant red flag going off of like, what are we doing? So Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a place where like you have to have policies and stuff like that, but truly like I try to reiterate to everyone is like, it does not have to be super stuffy, super, super corporate, like that environment, because I, I do work with a lot of startups obviously, and they want to have yeah. a more relaxed and casual environment. You can do it, but like, there's a line that you, you want to draw. So. Right. And I mean, I'll keep giving you praise cause it's the truth, but I mean, with our environment at the Resume Rescue, I mean, we have, I offer them unlimited PTO. I offer flex time. I am a very casual, like, hey, you don't have criteria of what you have to wear on our business calls. I mean, I literally just changed out of a sweatshirt, put on a sweater to get on this podcast (laughs) recording, but we are super relaxed and everything you wrote for us, like fit for what we needed. And I know you have to have the stuffy clients. I mean, or not the stuffy clients, but you know, more strict environments, yeah. we'll call it. So I love that you have this diverse portfolio of like, you get to know your client too. Yeah. Well, and I think that's been the biggest thing is like, I've, I've grown since starting this is, you know, initially you're and everyone's in this boat where initially you're like, I'll take any client, I'll take anyone just to get the work. Yep. But now it's so nice to be at the point where you can really be like, are we aligned in how we approach, you know, how employees should be treated? And do you like see value in having, a a strategic partner, you know, or do you, are you someone who wants to clock watch your team? You know, I worked for a company and it was a horrible experience where if I went to the bathroom as a salaried person, I was the HR manager. I would have to put on my (laughs) phone that I was in the bathroom and they would pull a report every week. What? Yes. They would pull a report every week. 
a phone report and if they felt that you had a your phone like do not disturb and it was like bathroom mail lunch like you had to put on there where you were every time if they felt you were gone too long in the bathroom they would ask people about it and they asked our general counsel why he was in the bathroom for so long I and like that is insane to me. How embarrassing. Yeah. And he was like, Well, my my lunch didn't set well that day, but thank you for asking. Sorry, I had food poisoning. Right. Like I mean, I can understand maybe like smoke breaks, but bathroom, really? Yeah. And that what trust me, there was no one that was, you know, really abusing that or anything like that. It was an open office environment. You could a hundred percent tell if someone was gonna be gone for, you know, hours on end. It'd be very obvious. So it was just so toxic. I have PTSD still. <laughs> wow. That's one I have not heard, like clocking in and out for bathrooms. And I've heard them all. I mean, yeah. wow. I think you have it. You you beat that story. Wow. Yeah. I don't, I, yeah. I, no, absolutely not. Now, kind of on the ugly side of this, mm-hmm. what are some of the problems? Like, okay, so say someone doesn't hire you, they get audited, and they don't have all these things in place. Mm-hmm. Are there fees involved? What does it look like on the legal side of if if these small businesses don't have like an HR department set up or all these like compliance workers comp, anything like that? Yeah. So there's quite a few different areas where you could get hit from a legal perspective. Um, you've kind of got like your baseline stuff, your foundational things you'd put in place where like you have to pay employer taxes. You know, you have to have a workers right. comp policy if you have an employee. Um, and uh, the state of Michigan requires it. So, you know, if you don't have those things in place and you get caught, if you're a brand new business, they're most likely just going to say, okay, you you need to have this in place by this date or make sure you do this. So they might charge you a small fine. But if you're operating as like a full-blown business and you've had employees for an extended period of time and you're just choosing not to do it, you're going to definitely get hit with some larger fines. And then the other thing to consider is back pay. So, I, you know, it works with people where it's also very common that people tell me they're paying their employees through Venmo or PayPal, and that oh. is not okay. So I'm going to go on the record and say we're not paying our employees through PayPal and Venmo. We're not doing that. No. We're not doing that in 2022. Um, and so then if an employee were to, you know, go and file a complaint with the Department of Labor or something like that, you would have to go back and, you know, calculate any mispay that they might have had if you didn't calculate it correctly. Um, especially if you had them classified wrong. So there's a whole other thing where you have to have your employees classified either as hourly or salary, non-exempt or exempt from overtime. And, you know, sometimes people just want to make their employees salary, but in reality, the work that they're doing, they should be hourly and they would be eligible for overtime. So if you've had people who are working, you know, 50, 60 hours a week as a salaried person, but they're classified wrong, you now have to go back and pay them all that missed overtime. And you're looking at things like, you know, what, how has that hurt them since they didn't make this money? What could they have spent that money on? Could they have invested it? Would they have earned interest on it if they, you know, put it into a 401k, things like that. So you have a lot of liability there. The other side of that is going to be like employee complaints if they were to file, you know, a lawsuit against the company in regards to treatment or harassment. The average for that in the US is $200,000. So, I don't know a single small business that wants to pay out $200,000 and can afford to do so when you're just a small business. You know, larger corporations sure, they probably have money set aside for that, but you just don't want to come to that. And 
it's, you know, with everything that's gone on between COVID and just the stress of everything and, and, you know, all the political stuff, um, there's been a lot more employees that are willing to speak up and to, you know, go to an agency, a government agency and file a complaint if they're, you know, seeing something that's wrong. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't do it. I bought a business. $200,000? Absolutely not. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. oh, yeah. It would put me out of business, too. There's just no way. I'm just thinking about that of just how how some companies just call Jill. Just call you. Get your shit together. That's what we can say. I love yeah. it. Now, back on the business owner side. Now, where are you getting a lot of your clients? Are you getting it a lot of word of mouth? So, I mean, your Instagram is one of the most beautiful Instagrams I've seen. But how are you getting your clients? Yeah. You know, surprisingly, Instagram, for as much time as I've put into it in the past, is not getting me my clients. <laughs> It's, Mm -hmm. it's helping, but it's not my like main source. Um, honestly, LinkedIn has been a big one, um, and word of mouth now. So originally it started off just being LinkedIn and then that's still, you know, pretty solid for me, but a lot of it has been word of mouth. I've been seeing that pick up quite a bit, um, you know, referrals. And I do think that comes out from things like social media, Instagram, but it's, I'm not getting like the bulk of my clients directly because they saw a post on LinkedIn. It's more that, you know, Hey, I know someone who needs this and I, I've seen her online, like that kind of stuff. So yeah, LinkedIn's been great. And I gotta say you're, you are like my, every time I go on LinkedIn, I, I think of you truthfully. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's because I harass people. I harass. If you get, if you're one of my friends, you, you get stuff for free, but you also get harassed because of it. So I'm like, <laughs> where's your post on LinkedIn? What are you doing? I know. I know. And that's honestly one of my goals for this year is to be more consistent on LinkedIn because it's just something I got to do. But gosh, you're already getting clients without doing anything. Just think about what, if you actually not, not doing anything, but, but no, really not yeah. posting regularly. <laughs> You changed yeah. your profile. You took what I said, so that was good. I but I, I did, yeah. Oh my gosh! Now going forward, I mean, you've definitely had a change. Like you're definitely like, I don't want to call you a bad bitch, but I call everyone that's kicking ass <laughs> bad bitch. So I'll call you a bad bitch. But what like was one. kind of the change for you? Because yes, you are one. Good. I love it. Some people get offended, but I'm like, no, call me a bad I bitch any it. day. My therapist calls me one. I live for it. I love it. <laughs> But what was kind of the change of pace for you? Because I remember when we first met, you were more like, yeah, I'm going to do this eventually. And then like even more so this year, you're like, I'm owning it. I'm doing great. I'm hiring people. Like what was the change for you? Um, Honestly, I was working with some clients like in the fall and I was giving them advice about being proactive, about growing their team, because that is one of the things that happens a lot is it's like, we know that we are kind of getting to the point where we need to start delegating and growing our team, but it's hard to actually take the step to, to like hire someone and then train them in, in like give away some of that control over our work. And I was sitting here, I'm like preaching to these clients, not preaching, but telling them about how to do this stuff, but I wasn't taking my own right. advice. And I was like, girl, what are you doing? Like you are, what are you stressed doing? out because you're taking on way too much. And I also was like, I can't take on any more clients. And then it finally kind of hit me too, that I was like, you know what? I like, I am successful. I've made this happen. It just, and it, it had been obvious, but I just like kind of refused to believe it for a while. And now I'm like, you know what? And since I've leaned into that and like accepted that I'm a bad bitch, I was like, you know, I, yes. 
I've seen so many more opportunities come my way. It really is not just like a, like a, a myth. It is, it is true. Like what you put out there, that like energy you put out there is what comes back to you. And so I've grown my team. I've added two people, excuse me, two people. And, um, clients and stuff are like, it's going great. I had amazing feedback. I asked for testimonials from everyone and just like, it was really nice. It was great to hear their feedback. And and now I feel I'm leaning into that more so than before I was more reserved with it. See, we love it. And it's so funny because I mean, you had the corporate shit show of where you worked, (laughs) let alone with clients that are like, yeah, we can help because I forget the I forget the very first story you told me about what your job was doing at the time, but I remember here whatever it was. But and I think that's where people get so hung up is it's like, well, I don't know if I could do this on my own. It's like, sweetheart, you're doing it already. It's just realizing it, but yeah. it's way scarier doing it on your own. Yeah, all of that. So I get it. But like now, my mental what health be, is so much better. Sorry to cut you off. It's so much better. You're glowing. You're doing <laughs> it. You know, going to Florida, coming back. We love it. It's amazing. Now, what would be your biggest piece of advice for anyone that may be having like this thought to start the side hustle, but maybe it's like, oh, it's an idea, but maybe I want to do it. What would your piece of advice be? Yeah, Um, I would say, and I always err more on the side of caution, probably because I have a nature background. So I'm not going to be one of those people that is like, just jump in a hundred percent. Like my, I do feel like looking back, I feel like I did it the right way where like you have to to spend the time and the energy and the effort into like doing the work for it. I, so many times I've Mm -hmm. talked to friends and stuff that are like, I want to start a business and it's like, go for it, but you have to like actually put the effort in to do it. You can't just like open, you know, open up a website and be like, I'm ready to go. Like what, what are your service offerings? Really honing in on that was so hard for me because initially I was way too casting way too wide of a net and people were telling me in a very nice way, like, I get you do HR, but like, I don't get what you actually do for me. And so then I was like, oh, right. well, that's, that is a wake up call. I thought <laughs> I, I thought I understood it. So why couldn't everyone else? Right. And so I would say like, do your research, do your homework and have like your plan. Your plan can change. Um, but just make sure, you know, you, you've done the research on it and then also surround yourself with like really great people that you've networked with who can support you. I mean, you were one of the people that I talked to a lot about, like, am I ready to do this? And like, what would you recommend? What have you learned? Find out what other people have learned throughout the way, because why are, why rewrite it or why you have to like do the same thing over and make right. the same mistakes if someone can help you. And there are certain mistakes you're going to have to make yourself, but you know, having a good support system is huge. Well, thank you. I just love all the love you're giving me today. I swear. I didn't know she was going to do this guys. I invited her on, but I appreciate it. (laughs) No, you, you just have to start somewhere too. I mean, I just made a mistake with our, our whole payroll system was whatever. I'm not using my same accountant next year. Let's just say that, but it's, you're going to make change. You're going to make changes. You're going to evolve. You're going to do things you don't want to do. We change constantly. We, I think we're yeah. on pace. Like we've added a new service every like six months or something crazy, like That's added awesome. onto it, but you don't have to start off doing it. Yeah. And now I look at it and people are like, how do you keep track of all these things? It's like, well, as you grow and as you have more people to help you, yes, but yeah, yeah. don't you, I think that was, that was one of the things I told you too, was like, you don't have to start with everything. And yes. don't start with everything because you're going to get overwhelmed and then people aren't going to understand your messaging. But 
Yeah. I even got people a few months ago that they're like, oh, do you write LinkedIn profiles? I'm like, well, yeah, of course I do. But because I wasn't marketing that, people weren't understanding it. And yeah. it's, I, I need to come up with a better verbiage, but it's like dumbing down your marketing almost or like, I don't, I need a better verbiage than saying that, but simple, simple, we'll say simplifying, simplifying, mm-hmm. like, this is what I offer. This is how I can help you. And if the, if you're, you did a post that was like, if you're a business owner, that's facing these things, this is how I can help you like marrying the two, how you come in mm-hmm. and help. And I thought that was very impactful. So Thank you. I love that. You're welcome. So we'll finish up here, but what's, what's a fun fact about you, Jill? A fun fact about me. Oof. Yeah. Oof, she says. <laughs> Oof. Um, well, I guess for those people who don't know, you know, because we're friends and we talk about it, but for those people who don't know, I am all over the place. I travel a lot. And while I'm based in Michigan, I'm actually down in Florida right now. Um, my husband's a baseball player. And so we live a baseball life, which is something I never saw for myself. Um, not that many people do, but it's fun and it's exciting. Um, and you know, really just kind of also gives me some perspective as like a business owner who has a very flexible schedule. Like if I need that, there's other employees out there that need that too. So, you know, if you're in that type of business that you can accommodate that or, you know, add flexibility in, you'll find these people who are just great gems that like could be amazing for your business, but you just don't know about it. And I'm sure you run into that all the time, you know, working with, with candidates who are looking for new jobs is, you know, sometimes they just have to find the right position. So yeah, that's a little fun fact. It is a very fun fact. And what do you have going on? Is there anything, where can listeners find you? Do you have anything in the works you want to promote? I mean, promote yourself, girl. Thank you. Yeah. So you can find me obviously on Instagram at Workery Consulting. Um, I'm also, my website is workeryconsulting.com and I'm in the process of redoing that. So I will have, I just rebranded everything. So my website doesn't quite match my branding yet, but it will be going live uh, March 15th actually. And so I'm going to be having some new freebies available. Yeah. I'm very excited. So excited. It's just much more my vibe and my style. Um, and so I'll have some new freebies available on there, but in the meantime, if you are someone who's looking to, you know, hire your first couple employees, I have a great checklist of what you should do both from like a legal standpoint, but then also, you know, how do you set expectations and what should your strategy be? Um, that's still going to be available for the next two weeks on my site. So you can just go on there and, uh, you'll get a pop-up to download it. Awesome. Thank you so, 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 so much for being on. I had a lot of fun. This is one of my favorite episodes. And guys, tune in every week for a new episode, new guest every single week from a different walk of life. If you're looking for a career change and you're not sure where to start, the Resume Rescue can help. Sure, there's no such thing as the perfect fit for everyone. But here at the Resume Rescue, we're on a mission to find the perfect solution for you. Whether it's changing careers, updating a resume, learning LinkedIn, or practicing interviewing, we have you covered. Find us online at theresumerescue.com and find all of our contact info in our show notes.